The following message is from the audio ministry of Coastal Community Church. We trust you'll find it helpful and encouraging. Now, here's Pastor Chris Rollins. Well, good morning again. I'm Pastor Chris. Man, do you like the weather outside today? Woo! Nice and cold. Well, it's cold, but it's brisk and a uh, uh, little temperature drops, which I guess is appropriate as we head into Thanksgiving and I uh, hope you and your family are ready and excited about uh, a great week of Thanksgiving. And uh, don't forget, uh, the Bible says to give thanks in every circumstance for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Sometimes you, we wonder and uh, you know, think about what's God's will for my life? What, you know, what does he want me to do? What's his will? Well, specifically, the Bible says part of his will for your life is to be grateful, uh, is to have a, a heart of gratitude. So don't forget that, especially uh, this week and always. Uh, we're finishing up Unshakable today. It's been a great series. Hope you've been, enjoyed it as much as I have. And uh, a lot of, lot, lot of cool things have happened uh, during this series. So we're going to finish it up today, and, uh, but we're going to continue to give away the Unshakable book. It's our little gift uh, to all of our guests, and we encourage our people to use that uh, as a tool to reach out to your friends and family. Uh, We began this series by looking at uh, a story that Jesus told in Matthew chapter 7, and I want to close out by looking at it again today. Uh, Follow along as I read. Anyone who listens to my teaching and obeys me is wise, like a person who builds their house on solid what? Rock. Though the rain comes in torrents and the floodwaters rise and the winds beat against that house, it won't collapse. In other words, it's what? It is unshakable. Because it is built on rock. But, but anyone who hears my teaching and ignores it uh, is foolish, like a person who builds their house on sand. When the rains and floods come and the winds beat against that house, it's going to fall with a mighty mighty crash. Now, for the last eight weeks, what we've done is that we've looked at uh, some different storms that come into our lives and that can shake us, shake us uh, at our core. And uh, there are all kinds of uh, common things that happen to us uh, all the time uh, in in our lives that can shake our faith. And um, I've listed some there on your outline. Uh, For example, uncertainty. Uh, Uncertainty is a big one. Uh, you know, when you're uncertain about the future, uncertain about your job, uncertain about your finances, uh, failure can cause you to be shaken. We talked about that one Sunday. Uh, death, uh, obviously facing your own death, but as we talked about in, in, our, in this series, uh, facing the death of a loved one, how to deal with that. Uh, that can shake us. Uh, doubt, doubt can shake our faith when it creeps into our minds, into our hearts. Illness, uh, when you get that phone call, you know, from a doctor, you, you have that test and uh, it, it leaves you shaken. And then you'll notice there, the last one, uh, I left it blank. Uh, not because I'm going to fill it in for you here uh, you know, on the screen, uh, but because I want you to write something down today. You know, what, what has shaken your faith? Um, or what is, uh, you know, shaking your faith right now, not just in the past, you know, something maybe you've dealt with, you could write that down, but maybe there's something that you're experiencing right now. That's uh, shaking your faith. Because, you know, just like every Sunday, I, I, I want you, as we go through this today, I want you to personalize this. And I want you to apply this teaching um, to something that you're going through. And I think if you'll do that, it's going gonna, it's gonna to give room for God to do something amazing today, to do a miracle. You know, maybe today is the day that God is going to work in your life in in a miraculous way. Maybe today's the day that God's going to take you off of, you know, shaky ground and 
puts you on the solid rock of unshakable living. Uh, This might be the day that you take a, a big step toward God. You take a next step in your life. Maybe just everything changes today. Well, you know, living in Charleston, we know that it is possible to survive a major storm, a hurricane, unscathed, if, if you have the right foundation. And that is a principle of life, and we've talked a lot about that in the last eight weeks. You know, the storms of life, they are inevitable. But you and I, uh, we can withstand any storm that we face if, if our lives are built on the right, right foundation. Now, here's the truth, though. And, you know, let's uh, lay it all on the table today and be a little honest with ourselves. You know, think about physically, like, uh, you know, a hurricane. When a hurricane hits, the truth is nobody is completely prepared for every scenario. I mean, you can go get the, you know, preparedness bucket from Home Depot. You can have your generator. You can, you know, board your windows. But we're still not prepared for everything. And I think that's true in life. You know, stuff happens. Storms hit. And you think you're prepared. And you think you're standing strong. But if we're honest, it throws you for a loop. You know, your faith is shaken. And then typically what happens, you know, then you feel guilty. You feel like a failure. You know, why couldn't I... Stand strong. What do you do? Well, here's what you do. You've got to be willing to take all of that, all your failures, all your guilt, all your shame, and you just got to take it to the feet of Jesus and say, God, here it is. All of it. And then here's what happens. Very tenderly, very lovingly, Jesus welcomes you home. And he will forgive you. And he will dust you off. And he'll give you the strength to move forward. And then he'll actually take you by the hand and he'll see you through that storm. He'll walk with you through the storms of life. You know, there really is only one, one failure in life that is permanent, and is fatal. And that is, if in this life, you fail to humbly come to Christ as your Savior and as your Lord. If you fail to do that, you'll be a failure for all eternity. But if in this life, you choose to say, I am no longer going to deny Jesus. I'm not going to deny the fact that he went to a cross for me. I'm not going to deny the fact that he rose from the dead and he wants to forgive me and give me a home in heaven. Instead, I'm going to ask Jesus Christ to come into my life to be my Savior, to be my Lord. I'm going to ask Him to forgive me and for the rest of my days, I'm going to follow Him. Let me tell you something. If you do that, 
You can withstand any storm of life. And you can stand unshakable. See, in Christ, we have the power to experience what I'm talking about. Unshakable faith. The ability to stand strong when, when the stuff of life happens, when things go wrong. So as we begin today, I just want to ask you, you know, whatever you wrote down, do you want that kind of faith? That unshakable faith? You can walk out of here with it today. But what do you do when your faith is shaken? Let's talk about it. Number one, don't be surprised. Don't be surprised. You know, we we live in a sinful, fallen, imperfect world world. God never promised that on this side of eternity, on this side of heaven, that things were going to be perfect. And, and I don't think you have to look around very far or for very long to see that. I mean, come on, just think about the last few weeks, what we've seen in our world, in our country, in the lives of people that we love, and maybe even in your own life. We shouldn't be surprised. Now, as a follower of Jesus, I, listen, I think we should care deeply about that. But, I don't think we should be surprised. You know, here, here's why. Jesus actually said, this is going to happen. Jesus actually said, there will be trouble, there will be problems. John 16, Jesus said, I've told you these things, so that in me you may have peace. But in the world, you're going to have what? Trouble. That's what he said. How many of you would agree with that? We have trouble. You're going to have trouble in this world. But Jesus said, take heart. I, Jesus said, I have overcome the world. God never, ever promised us a trouble-free life. But he does say that he will walk with you. He will stand with you through the trouble. He'll give you the strength to stand strong. In fact, you've heard me say this over and over again. Um, there is a word for one problem after another problem after another problem after another after another after another. Life. That's it. It's the word life. Listen, problems are going to happen. They are going to come. In fact, turn to your neighbor right now and say, don't be surprised when problems come. Say that. Don't be surprised when problems come. That's number one. Number two, write this down. Turn immediately to God. Turn immediately to God. Don't turn away from Him. Now, I don't know why. I don't know why it is, but our, our human nature, our natural reaction is to turn away from the primary source of help and strength when problems come. I mean, we turn to everything else, everybody else. We will update our status on Facebook, but we won't take the time to pray and to turn to God, the very person who can help. So here's a question. When trouble comes your way, ask yourself this. How can I move toward God in this time of trouble? How can I move toward him as I go through these difficult circumstances? And then what you discover is that if you move toward God, if you'll just take that one step toward him, he will come to you. James 4.8 says this, draw close to God. And what will God do? God will draw close to you. 
And yet the world, you know, kind of, you know, culture, it kind of portrays God as like the last resort, you know, like, man, if you've tried everything else, if you have gotten to the end of your rope and nothing and no one has ever been able to help you, then yes, by all means, try God. And yet a better response should be, make God the first choice, not the last resort. Press into him. Lean into him and you're going to find help and strength. You know, whenever your faith is shaken, it's so natural to say, why? And I think that's okay. It's okay. You know, bad things happen in life and we say, why? But it is dangerous, though, to stay there for a long time, to get stuck there. And some people do that. They never get past the why. They get stuck there. Why me? Why now? Why God? Why? You've got to move through that. You've got to grow through that. You're not going to be able to um, move beyond that until you start asking the what question. You know, not, not just why, God, but eventually, okay, God, what? What do you want to teach me? What are you going to do in this situation, God? You know, what are you going to do to bring glory to yourself? What is the good here, God? How are you going to to use this in my life? And then when you do that, when you can move from the why to the what, it begins to change you. It changes your perspective. And the ability to do that, the ability to move from the why to the what, it is always, it's always rooted in the who. Who do you turn to? Who do you immediately look to? Look at this promise, Philippians 4, 6 and 7. It says, don't worry about anything. Wow. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray. Pray about everything. Show God what you need. Thank Him. Thank Him for all that He has done. Then, when you've done all that, you can experience God's peace, which exceeds Anything that you could ever understand, his peace guards your your heart and your mind as you live in Christ Jesus. Notice that. It guards your heart and your mind. I like that. In other words, when we turn to him, he removes the fear in our heart and he calms the uncertainty of our mind. When a problem comes, listen, turn immediately to God, not away from him. Draw to him. Press into him. Talk to him. Pour out your heart to him. Listen, his love is big enough. His love is big enough to handle your anger, your doubt, your your fear, your frustration, your worry. Go to him. It'll, It'll make all the difference in the world. Now, when you've done that, you're ready for the next step. And this is a part of it. Number three, embrace the emotions. Embrace the emotions of all of it. Again, back to that verse, your, your, your heart and your mind. What are these emotions that you're feeling? And I, I think for a moment, you've got to recognize that it's okay to feel them and express them. You know, God gave you your emotions. In fact, the Bible says there is a time for everything. There's a time to deal with them and express them. Ecclesiastes 3, 4. There is a time to what? To cry. There's a time to laugh. There's a time to grieve. And there's a time to dance. Now, I think a lot of times we know the time we think, you know, to laugh and to dance, but sometimes we're not so good at the crying or the grieving. You know, when you lose a loved one, it's time to grieve, time to cry. A dream dies. You know, you, you go through some tragic event, you, you lose 
a, a job that was, you know, you had for a long time. I mean, whatever it is, there, there's a time for that. There's a time for those emotions that go with that. But he also says that, you know, it, it's okay. God, God gives you the power to go through that when, when you're experiencing it. But it's okay to embrace those emotions as well. In other words, the power to stand strong does not necessarily mean that you're not going to have and experience those emotions. And guys, we're the worst at this. You know, sometimes, you know, I don't know why it is, but we have a hard time doing that. We have a hard time with our emotions. We think that standing strong, you know, being a man, being a real man, is ignoring our emotions. But God says there's a time for that. You know, it's the person, you know, of strength who can embrace their emotions and move forward with God. You know, God gave you those emotions. He says he will use that. He can use those in your life to draw you closer to him if you'll embrace them. In fact, look at Hebrews. Hebrews 4, 14 and 16 says this. So then, since we as believers, we have this great high priest who entered heaven, Jesus, the Son of God. Now, underline this next phrase. Let us hold firmly to what we believe. Man, that, that, what's that? That reminds me of what we're talking about, right? Unshakable faith. Hold firmly to what we believe. This high priest of ours, Jesus, listen to this. He understands our weaknesses. He understands them. For he faced all the same testings that we do. But the thing that makes him a high priest worthy is that he did not sin. So, we can come boldly to the throne of our gracious God. And there we will receive his mercy. And then underline this. And we will find grace to help us when we need it the most. God gives us the grace to go through whatever is shaking us. There's a time to grieve. There's a time to cry. And Jesus understands. You know, uh, the shortest verse in the Bible. I remember, you know, I remember this verse because in camp we all wanted to memorize this verse because at camp you got points for, you know, if you, for Bible verses that you'd mem- memorize. Uh, it's Jesus wept. Two words, Jesus wept. You know, here's the Son of God, the most perfect, you know, person who ever existed on planet Earth. And he was at the death of his friend. And he just openly wept. And people around said, see how much he loved him. And it's okay for Jesus to do that. And he was a man. He was a man's man. Took a beating the likes of which you and I could hardly fathom. Carried a cross on his bruised and broken back for you and for me. If it's okay for him, it's okay for us. So once you deal with those emotions, you're ready for number four. Lean on the faith of others. Lean in on the faith of others. You know, all throughout the Bible... We see these examples of where we can kind of borrow the faith of other people when our faith is empty. You know, God has a way of doing that, I think. God has a way of putting people in your life that when your tank is empty, when you feel depleted, just at the right moment, he brings people into your life that you can kind of lean on them to help make it through. Uh, And the Bible teaches it's important for us to do that, to be around others, because you never know when you're going to have to make it through life on your own strength. In fact, one of my favorite stories, we've looked at it already in this series, is Exodus 17. Um, it's the story of Moses. Uh, Moses, at this point, is an old dude. I mean, he's just an old man, and God had used him to lead the people of God 
they're getting ready to go into the promised land. And in this particular story, there's this battle going on between the people of God and the enemies of God. And Moses goes up onto a high mountain to oversee the battle. And God says something to him that's a little unusual. Uh, He said, Moses, take your staff and hold it up. And as long as you can hold your staff up above your head, the people of God will be victorious. But if you lower the staff, if you don't hold it up, your enemies are going to be victorious. So again, here's Moses. He's this old man. You know, everybody do this. Everybody lift your hands up like this, okay? You know, so keep them up for a second. Keep them up. You know, arthritis is in his shoulders. Don't let, don't let him down, okay? You know, some of you are already tired, aren't you? Oh, man, you know. Arthritis is in his back. He's weary from, you know, old age and leadership. And he's doing the don't. Let, I see some of you putting your hands down. Put your hands up. You're going, oh man, I'm crazy charismatic. We're lifting our hands in church. What are we going to do? No, it was a trick. No, anyway, okay. So you can put your hands down. But anyway, could you imagine? You know, and so he's, he's doing the very best he can to hold up his staff. And, you know, they're victorious. But for hours, I mean, battles aren't like fast things. You know, this was old school battles. And, you know, this could go on for hours. And so that would be a difficult thing to do. So with all that in mind, You pick up the story in verse 12 in chapter 17. Listen to this. Moses' arms finally became too tired to hold up the staff any longer. So Aaron and Hur found a stone for him to sit on. And they stood on each side, holding up his arms until sunset. Man, isn't that cool? His friends, they, they did for Moses what Moses couldn't do for himself in that moment. And then God brought the victory. Now, it was God's victory, but Moses kept his hands in the air through the faith of, and the obedience of Aaron and her. You see, you and I need that. You know, there's going to come a time in your life when you can't keep your hands up any longer. There's going to come a time when you can't keep your chin up. And you're going to need people to come around you that are going to be there to hold you up. And and you know what? Here's the good news. Man, this is so cool. That's why God made the church. God created the church so that we could be around other people of faith who can lift us up and we can lift them up and, and they can hold us up when we need to be held up and they can build us up and encourage us and, and we can do that to other people and people can speak into our lives and we can encourage and speak into their lives and, and uh, you need that. That's why we need to be a part of, you need to be committed to a local church and I know there are a lot of you here today and man, you're committed here. You are, you are engaged members here at Coastal and so you know what I'm talking about. You know, you know what it's like to have that, to experience that. A church family, a family of God that, you know, that's praying for you, that's committed to you, a place where you serve and and you're served and and you you love people and they love you and you encourage them and they encourage you. I mean, you know what I'm talking about. Listen, if you have been around Coastal for a while, you know, Ryan talks about the, the Connect card that we want everybody to fill out, you know. Maybe you've been checking that box there on the front. Everybody pull out your Connect card. Pull it out right now. Pull it out. Pull out your Connect. On the front of the uh, thing says what? First time guest. Second time guest. What's the next one? Regular attender. And then what? And then member. Well, maybe you've been coming for a while and you've been checking, you know, the regular attender box on your Connect card. Why not today make a decision, decide now 
that you want to be a member. You know, that, and, and that, you know, listen, you know, there's no uh, weird thing that you got to do or anything. It's just, but you're going to be committed here. You know, you're, you're deciding that, you know what, I'm going to sign up for that next, uh, that next membership class. You know, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to join a life group next semester. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get involved. I'm going to be a fully, you know, decide now to get involved in ministry. You know, to serve others and to have people in your life that will serve you. Get connected to the body of Christ and do life with us. Do life, you know, listen, if this is not your church home, listen, I tell people all the time, man, there's a lot of great churches in Charleston. We're just one of them. But if this isn't a fit for you, we will go out of our way to help you find a place where you can get connected. You say, well, Pastor Chris, you know, what's the difference? You know, what's the difference? Why, you know, why membership? Listen, the difference is the word commitment. It is. You know, the church sometimes is called the family of God. Now, in a church family, we're not related by genetics, Okay? We got a lot of babies born around here, but not, that's not the way it works, okay? We are related through a common faith and a common commitment, a deep and growing commitment to Christ and to one another. You know, in fact, the Bible says that that's part of what life is all about. Galatians 6 2, it says, share. Uh, each other's troubles and problems, and in this way, obey the law of Christ. You listen, when you do that, when you, when you share with each other, the joys are doubled in your life, and the burdens are cut in half. So lean in on the faith of other people. And then finally, number five, we'll close with this. Allow your faith to be a witness to other people. You know, as you, as you move from this process of being shaken to being unshakable, not only does that do, do something in your life, and it does, it does a miracle in your life, but it also does something for those that are around you. You see, everybody, we're all going to be shaken from time to time. But as we walk that out, as we live out our faith, and we're able to move from being shaken to standing strong, other people notice. You know, they, they, they take notice. They want to know about your faith. It causes them to ask questions. I mean, think about it. My goodness, think about the world that we're living in right here and right now when everybody else is freaking out and being blown away by, by the, the winds of difficulty, the, the world in which we live, and yet you will stand strong. And you'll watch what you say and how you say it. And you'll be a person of faith and a person of joy and a person of gratitude when the world is freaking out. People want to know why. What do you have that I don't have? When everybody at your workplace is stressed to the max, but through Christ and through the power of God, you're able to keep moving, keep moving forward, keep a steady hand, keep on an even plane, People want to know, man, what's different about you? When everybody asks, why are things going wrong? And yet you ask, what is God wanting to teach me? They want to know about that. And so you see what I'm saying? Your faith becomes a witness to other people. I mean, that's our greatest witness is in times of difficulty. That's why I really believe that now in 2000, you know, as we approach 2017, the church has an opportunity like never before to rise up and to be the church, to be the people of God. 
Because as we do that, people will draw to Jesus. Because people all around you are being blown away. They're being shaken. Their lives are on sand. They're going through disease and illness and uncertainty and financial difficulties. And your faith can be a witness to them. They're watching you and they're wondering, what is it that you have? And then you can point them to Jesus. You see, unshakable faith is not about how strong you are. None of us are strong enough. None of us are strong enough in our own to withstand the storms of life. But in God's strength and in his power, we can be unshakable. Philippians 4.13, for I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. Say that out loud with me. Let's say it out loud together. For I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. Now, everybody say it twice as loud. For I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. You're not strong, but Christ gives you the strength. You're strong in Him. You know, most of us don't. We, we just don't. We don't have that ability. I don't. We don't have the ability to stand strong when, when things go wrong. But with God in our lives, with our lives built on His Word and His Son, we can. So here's the challenge. Here's this challenge of unshakable faith. Go back later today, this week. Look back at Matthew chapter 7, the, 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 the key verse that, of this series we, we started with and we closed with. Are you building your house, your life, on the bedrock of Christ? Are you doing everything you can to build your life on the word of God? Reading his word, applying his word to your life. Let me tell you something, that's bedrock. Are you doing everything you can to live in real, true community with God's people? Are you just an attender? Or have you made a commitment to be a fully participating member in a local family of God? Doing life with other people. Serving in ministry. Holding up the arms of the people around you when they need it and who can do that into your life. Let me tell you something, that. That is bedrock. Are you doing everything you can to live according to God's way and God's word? Let me tell you something. The world is going to do everything it can to pull you their way. But are you saying no to the wrong way and yes to God's way? Saying yes to God's principles. Saying yes to purity. Saying yes to holiness. Man, that's bedrock. Decide today. With God's help and God's power, through the strength that Jesus gives you, that you're going to live today and every day for the rest of your life with unshakable faith. Bow your heads and pray with me. Dear Heavenly Father, God, thank you. Thank you for seeing us through all the storms of life. God, right now I'm thinking about... um, so many here in our church, even during this series, who have experienced so many storms. Um, I think about what's happening in our, in our country right now, in our world. And it's so obvious that so many, their lives are built on sand. Father, I pray that we could lean into you, press into you, 
and um, that we would uh, rely on your strength. God, maybe there's somebody here today who um, has yet to come to Christ for the very first time. Listen, today you can make that decision. Today you can, you can move from the shifting sand of just trying to, you know, the rat race of just trying to do life on your own in your own power, in your own way, in your own strength. And deep in your heart, you know it's not been working. Listen, come home to God. He loves you. He loves you just the way you are. He's ready to forgive you. He's ready to, to embrace you. He's ready. You just need to take one step, just a little bit of faith, enough faith to humble yourself and say, Father, forgive me. I have blown it. I am a sinner and I need a Savior. And today I believe that one has been provided for me. You have you've sacrificed your one and only son, Jesus, for me. And as much as I know how, as much as I understand today, my faith is really small. But I believe. I believe he's your son. I believe he died on the cross for me. And I do believe that he rose from the dead. He has power over sin and death. And he is alive. And I ask him to come into my life and to be my savior. And from this day forward, I also proclaim him to be my Lord and I just want to follow him listen if you did that today you are you have been forever adopted into the family the family of God you have been made alive in Christ and you now have the the rock the solid rock to build your life on from here on out and listen decide today you know, maybe that's your next step. Maybe your next step is, you know, I've been playing this church thing and, and I kind of come here and there, but I'm not really committed. I'm not really involved. and I'm not really connected. I'm not really serving. And listen, make that decision today. Make that commitment today. And Father, I pray for our church. May we be a people of faith. May people look at the people of this church and say, what makes them different? What do they have? And I pray that we point them to Christ, that we share our story, share our faith, and we would, we'd invite them to a place where they're going to hear all about Jesus. Father, it's in the name of Jesus we pray. Amen. Amen. You've been listening to a message from Pastor Chris Rollins of Coastal Community Church. For more information about Coastal or to explore what your next step of faith might look like, Check us out online at coastalcommunitychurch.org. From Pastor Chris and the family at Coastal Community Church, thanks for listening.